Out of the question. <laughs> Out of the question. Why? No, I'm not gonna do that. That's one step away from personal ads. <laughs> and prostitutes. No, no, I am not going down that road. <laughs> What does she look like? Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello. Hello. This is another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. And welcome. It is always wonderful to have you here. This is a podcast about Seinfeld, the greatest sitcom of all time. But uh, we do something different compared to the other Seinfeld podcasts. We take an episode of Seinfeld in random order and we talk about the secondary characters. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And uh, this week we are staying with season three, going to episode 16, so only three episodes earlier than uh, last week, The Fix Up. Yeah, uh, underrated episode. Very underrated. I actually enjoyed this one very much. Yeah, no, I yeah, thought it I was really it. good. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> a singular storyline. Yes, that's it. And only, really strange, only one secondary character. Technically two, but only one that we'll talk about. That's right. And uh, I think the last time we did uh, only talked about one secondary character was the ex-girlfriend, Marlene. Yeah. I think it was only one. So yeah, the uh, spotlight is going to be on Cynthia, George's, uh, I guess, episode girlfriend or uh, what, one night stand in this episode? No, I'd call her an episode girlfriend. Episode girlfriend initially yeah. a one night stand yeah one a night one st- kitchen stand <laughs> one kitchen stand my head was on a hot plate if you want to reach out to us and say hello bidwabask podcast that's b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c podcast at gmail.com is our email address we are on social media at b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c and uh, we are uh, we did have a patreon page but uh, we have paused that at the moment so if you want to help us financially we do have a paypal account and uh, those links are in the show notes that's right and uh before we get into the episode, a little plug, as usual, for my Seinfeld group, the unofficial community for, Sein- uh, for but I don't want to be a secondary character, uh, Seinfeldisms. So it was sort of born out of a section of the show uh, where we talk about our real life interactions with Seinfeld every week. And now it's a super fast growing and awesome Seinfeld related group. Massive. And uh, yeah, we're getting a lot more downloads and a lot more listens and comments on uh, Bidwa Basque's page as well on uh, Facebook since Seinfeldism. So yeah, it's been a good vehicle for us to uh, get exposed. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And uh, it's... It's a really fun community, so if you want to uh, get among some Seinfeld fans and uh, you know share some memes and some scenes and stuff, <laughs> uh, just type Seinfeldisms on Facebook and uh, join the fun. Nice, man. All right, let's get into it, eh? So Seinfeldisms. So this is the uh, well, the titular, the actual That's right, the OG Seinfeldisms. <laughs> the, the OG. So that is the intersection of Seinfeld and our daily lives. So uh, Stephen, like usual, for me, nothing really Seinfeld related has come up. But uh, what has happened to you in the last week or so? Uh, it actually happened this morning. So. It's it's not me per se, but it was sent to me. So uh, Seinfeldisms also has an Instagram page as well. And uh, occasionally I get pictures or whatever sent on there. Uh, so because I had nothing of my own, I figured I might as well include someone else's. <laughs> I didn't get the username. Um, I did note it down, but someone sent me a photo of a brand of sticky tape in America and the brand name is Kramer. Oh, cra- yeah. <laughs> as in K-R-A-M-E-R. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they sent me a photo of that, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And you're on Reddit now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I created a Reddit yeah. page. Uh, yeah. Currently, the only member is me. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, what's it called? Uh, a thread about nothing. Okay, cool. Maybe you should put that in the show notes too. Yeah, yeah. I'll put okay. that in there. All right, sweet. Yeah, if you're a Reddit user, chances are you're probably already on the Seinfeld thread. But if you want a second one uh, with zero content, <laughs> <laughs> then type in, uh, I think it's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash a thread about nothing. Very good. So Kramer post-it notes. If you have used those before, let us know. Yeah. I've no, never seen them before. No. 
was sticky tape. Oh, sticky tape. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Not post-it notes. No. Yeah. Sticky tape. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Let us know if you have used it. Anyway, uh, Seinfeld News. How many articles this week, my friend? Uh, just one. All so, right. a bit of back and forth with uh, Spider-Man 3 over the last few months with Sony and uh, Marvel separating, but now they're rejoining. In previous uh, films, the you know a lot of films have like a secret production name. The last two Spider-Man films have had Seinfeld-themed production names, and this one continues that trend. It will be called Serenity now. Ah, oh, um, nice. It actually, it's it's being produced at the moment, but it actually starts filming uh, in July this year, and it will be released in July next year, and that will be the third out of the, what's his name? Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man trilogy. The unofficial Seinfeld trilogy. Well, it's not the, well, the Seinfeld films, they're not the first uh, Seinfeld, oh, sorry, Spider-Man media to have Seinfeld references. I think you did report the uh, Spider-Man video game a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, Seinfeld reference, first and first. Yeah, Street, whoever, yeah. whoever the, the runner is or whoever the head producer is must be a massive Seinfeld fan. Nah, must be. Well, it is New York, obviously. Spider-Man is set true. in New York, so it makes sense to have Seinfeld and Spider-Man uh, in the one setting. That's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, mate. Well, like we did mention earlier, I think this will be a very short episode, so uh, let's just jump into the uh, plot synopsis, huh? Sounds good. The Fix-Up, Season 3, Episode 16, first aired in the United States on February 5th, 1992. Directed by Tom Sharones, written by Larry David and Elaine Pope. George is convinced he is fated never to have a relationship with an attractive, interesting woman. And isn't it funny because earlier on he uh, doesn't really have many relationships, but he has several later on throughout the course of the uh, series. And yeah, season. the quantity of his relationship seems to increase as the seasons go on. He becomes more confident. Yeah. <laughs> more dapper of sorts. I think so. Yeah. Or more desperate. <laughs> more desperate, yeah. Um, similarly, Elaine's friend Cynthia, she's played by Maggie Wheeler. Uh, she was credited as Maggie Jacobson in the episode, uh, is convinced all of the good men are either taken or know that they're good and so not available to her. Oh, there you go. Pretty cynical outlook. Very, yes, much like George. Uh, Jerry and Elaine decide to arrange an introduction for the two of them and agree to share everything they hear after their date. It turns out that they have quite a story, one that is made more interesting when the condoms Kramer got from Bob Sacamano turned out to have been defective. I think this is the first mention of Bob Sacamano? Uh, No, he was mentioned in season two, The Heart Attack. Oh, that's right. Yes, when he had to go in for his operation and then they operated on the wrong thing. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, yes, but I think it's one of the very first um, mentions of Bob. Maybe the second. Maybe second or third. Yeah, after yeah. the heart attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so Cynthia is the main secondary character, but the only other secondary character credited, or actually uncredited again, uh, like last week, uh, Michael Richards' stand-in Norman Brenner. He appears as a man in the restaurant oh, yeah. in the first scene. Yep. Yes. The only other secondary I can think of, and like, she's technically a character, is uh, in the opening scene where Jerry and George are eating and, and George is talking about how hopeless he is and he's like why can't I just talk to a woman and say hi I'm George and then that woman walks past and you think he's going to say hello but he just sort of shudders and yeah. you know doesn't do anything but you know her, her scene is literally walking across yeah. the screen and disappearing into well, the night that's right well I couldn't find a credit for her at all no, so yeah, no. there you go it's just, just an extra two. that's rude yeah it's <laughs> just a one off yeah. feature extra trivia for the episode I only have a couple of ones Um, so Larry Charles and oh sorry Larry Charles and Elaine Pope oh Larry David no sorry it was Larry David that wrote it because uh, it's funny because the trivia says Larry Charles but the plot synopsis says Larry David. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't I didn't notice that. We'll say Larry. Larry and Elaine Pope, they actually won the Emmy Award for uh, Outstanding Individual Achievement in Writing in a Comedy Series in 1992 for the episode. Yeah. And it's a very well-written episode. Really I think so, it. yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. tight. Yep, very well done. It was really, for me, laugh a minute. Did you feel that? Did you uh, feel like you were laughing through a lot of it? Not Probably not every minute, but for a big chunk of it. I didn't find it very funny. I just found it very entertaining. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, just, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. Th- I didn't think it was packed with heaps 
jokes mm. um, or memorable lines. I just found it engaging and entertaining more than more than hilarious. Yeah, Kramer's uh, scenes, you know, where he's trying to mediate both uh, arguments. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know, both so good. <laughs> yeah, that were the no, highlights for me. Yeah, no, really, yeah. really good. Very well done. The only other trivia I had apart from the uh, Emmy win was uh, George and Jerry are sort of lightheartedly debating whether it's timber or timbre. Both are correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So George is saying that he enjoys the timbre of the mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. And uh, Jerry goes, I think it's timbre. timbre. And then they're going back and forth about which is correct, but either is acceptable. Either is acceptable. They're yeah. interchangeable. They're very good. Well, yeah. there you go. So, and also finally for me, Jerry asks George at one point, uh, are my nostrils getting bigger? That's a reference to the episode The Fire from season five, where the uh, prop comic uh, Ronnie K asked Jerry the same question. Oh, yeah. Are my nostrils getting bigger? Are my nostrils getting bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see his face now. <laughs> that face. That punchable face. Yeah, he's got a very punchable face. <laughs> he does, yes. Anyway, so that is trivia for the fix up. We'll take a very quick break and uh, we'll come back and, well, we only have one secondary character today, nice and short. We will talk about Cynthia. Hi. Hello. I'm Beth. I believe you're expecting me. Yes. Please come in. Medea opens the door wider, allowing Beth to walk into the house. She looks around cautiously outside before closing the door. You have a beautiful home. Medea smiles as she looks at her feet, her face growing slightly red. The two women then make their way upstairs and into the lounge room. The Descent, a three-part audio drama. This psychological thriller is centred around Medea, a young woman trying to run from her past and forge a better life for herself. But the past is never far behind. Part 1, Medea, coming to you this February. Cynthia was played by Maggie Wheeler. She's credited as Maggie Jacobson for the episode. Uh, she's most famous for playing Janice in uh, rival TV sitcom Friends. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, you know, I think about 10 episodes she was in or thereabouts, probably. Is she uh, Chandler's ex-wife? I'm or... not familiar, Janice. Uh, maybe, there, I, I'm guessing there is a relationship with Chandler. Is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a character that looks like her, and I think it is uh, her yeah. uh, Chandler's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend oh, okay. or ex-fiance or something. She yeah. comes back like once a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Causing trouble. Uh, yeah, she, she sort of flip-flops on whether she wants Chandler back or not. Ah, she sort of, right. you know, throws a spanner in the works all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's her. That's her. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so that's her most famous role. Um, she's also made appearances in TV shows, including Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, Ellen and Californication. And uh, she has done animated voice work for TV shows, including Archer and Kim Possible. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, so but Janice from Friends, yeah, it must be Chandler's ex-wife uh, or ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, her most famous role. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking her uh, being cast in Everyone Loves Raymond is perfect. Like uh, everybody loves Raymond, Italian American yeah. New York. Yeah, I think she does play that from memory. I think I remember her in an episode. Okay, yeah. I never really watched Everyone Loves Raymond too much. Everybody loves Raymond. Every, yeah, see, <laughs> that's <laughs> how much I watched it. <laughs> that's how much you don't even know. It's yeah. like everyone loves John. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it's called. It should be actually called Most People Don't Give a Shit About Raymond because <laughs> yeah. he's a giant fucking whingy man. Baby. You have always complained about that show. I remember oh, you, just, in previous it's episodes, just the you same just, crap. He's yeah. just like he's just a giant baby. A giant baby. I know. It's like, oh, baby. <laughs> his, his, his wife carries him through. Without his wife, he's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that's the, I know that is the humor of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like another sitcom with <laughs> shit jokes about a giant man baby. It's like fuck off. Yeah, like it, that that. That whole era is done. You have echoed that sentiment many times from yeah. memory, but yes. Anyway, I'm glad you repeated that again. <laughs> anyway. Just in case it wasn't clear. In case, yes. And uh, so, Cynthia, yeah. So, uh, 
yeah, very, I guess, kind of desperate to be with somebody. I think she's got, like George in this episode, really high standards. Yeah, I think uh, those high standards come from being burnt before. Yeah, I think she was in a stable relationship, maybe even engaged, potentially even married. Mm. Um, It's not said explicitly, but it seems like her standards come from a place of telling herself at some point, you know, maybe a good relationship broke down. Maybe her previous uh, relationship, maybe he cheated on her or something like that. Yeah. And then she told herself throughout her recovery or getting over that part of her life, I'm not going to settle for anything but exactly what I want. Mm. I'm not going to make any sort of compromises Mm. at all. And that's probably the reason why she ironically has become desperate, where she rather than sort of the high standards have turned into low standards. Yeah, yeah. And she's desperate. Like she even says that she wants someone desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Just to sort of <laughs> just to sort of almost trap them. <laughs> almost trap them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so uh, with Cynthia, yeah, you're right. I mean, she has been burned many times and I think she's probably, yeah, she's just like I, I kind of agree with you in, in that regard. I, I just think she kind of wants anyone really. Yeah, I I think uh, I think she's being sarcastic though. She's quite a sarcastic person. Yeah. I think she says, you know, I'll just take anyone but I don't think that's true. I think she's just sort of saying it to be kind of, yeah, sarcastic and a bit facetious. Mm. But when it actually comes down to it, the first thing she asks about George is what does he look like and what does he do for a living? Yeah. Which to me demonstrates... He has to be good looking and he has to have a well-paying job. Kind of like Elaine's standards. We have mentioned yeah. that in the past. She kind of echoes or, you know, parallels Elaine's desires and what she wants. Yeah, you know? I would say that she's even more, uh, more like, less accepting of substandard men than Elaine. Like, Elaine generally goes for, like, uh, high-earning, pretty good-looking men. Mm. But she has made a lot of uh, sidesteps from that agenda. I would say that Cynthia is even more... Like more cutthroat with that and the reason she goes out with George is just to sort of almost humour herself just yeah. as like a why not like he's I've got bald. nothing else going on yeah yeah he's yeah. balding yeah, I love Elaine like how she tries to like, like <laughs> twist the words around, around. <laughs> yeah yeah it's you know, balding 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 he's got a lot of character in his face <laughs> a lot of character he sure does doesn't he yeah yeah uh, it's interesting though when she I don't know it's sort of it's a bit of flip-flopping flip-flopping from her because she's quite vain the fact that she throws up um, after she eats Mm. Um, so she's possibly bulimic, maybe? Uh, or she I has an eating disorder. Yeah, I, I of some mean that sort. is. Tech- I mean, yeah. categorically, that is an eating disorder. Yeah, but. I don't think she has like an unhealthy uh, I, I don't think she has sort of body dysmorphia or anything I think it's more a case of I, I need to stay skinny and I need to because she's very well put together mm, she's yeah. always dressed very well she's a beautiful woman very nice beautiful woman yeah she's very forthright in terms of this is who I am and this is what I want at all times and I think maintaining a slim figure is just part of that I think it comes from like a true vanity yep. or, a, or like a sense of like overconfidence but she kind of puts that aside when she fucks George like the fact that you know she she's not really into the idea of him how do you think that happened do you think they just got really drunk and they did it or maybe she was like oh i haven't had sex in a while you know he's the next best thing i think even if you have really high standards for yourself if those high standards if you're gatekeeping yourself so much that nothing is coming through. You know, th- those high standards can turn into low standards really, really quickly. Yeah. So I think she just had a moment of desperation. I don't think it was like a genuine change of like, well, maybe I should lower my standards permanently. I think it was a case of, well, yeah, I haven't had sex in a while. I haven't been with anyone in any way for a while. So I'll just I'll just do this temporarily. Just as like a, just to throw a spanner in her own works, if that makes sense. Yeah, just yeah. Just to sort of like shake up her own sort of high standards, if that makes mm. sense. Well, something tells me that the date was actually quite average. And then like you said, she did have that mindset and George was obviously, you know, he was in the start of the episode, he thought he was hopeless, he'll never find anyone. And then suddenly a beautiful woman enters his apartment and he's yeah. like, oh, wow, geez, I've actually got a good shot. They end up doing it. And I think Cynthia just didn't really like George, but I think it changed at the end when Cynthia and Elaine 
Elena meeting at the, a restaurant again. And Cynthia says that George, or it might have been in Elaine's apartment, where um, Cynthia says, Elaine, uh, George actually contacted me and he came to see me and he said they thought that she was pregnant because she yeah. missed her period. And the fact that George says, I'll do anything, you know, if you need anything, I'm here. I think that kind of changed her attitude to him as well. I think it moved her, but only temporarily. I don't think it made her suspend her high standards. I think she was just overwhelmed emotionally for a short oh, period of time. right. Okay. Yeah. Because they seem you know, quite happy at the restaurant. Well, before before um, um George starts gorging himself on but the what, entrees. But what undoes that? Something <laughs> yeah. superficial, like yeah. him being a bit of a slob when he eats. So I think her emotional, like her suspending her high standards for, you know, being overwhelmed by George's sort of... Uh, chivalry and uh, reliability when it comes to like being a father. I think she was moved by that. Right. But she wasn't moved so far that that would undo her high standards because immediately she went back to her normal self, which is this guy eats like a bit of a slob, which isn't the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, you could see but it. But that just uh, that face. undoes yeah, yeah, every yeah. like every good feeling she has about George is undone by him just eating some by, bread. By that, exactly. And that's what I mean. I mean, she did have that feeling towards him and the yeah. fact that he was so supportive. You know, she's probably thinking most guys would like ditch me or yeah. whatever and leave but me But I to think it. that was a temporary Thing. I think that would have lasted right. a few days. Even, oh, even I if thought it, it was a permanent thing no. to me. No. Well, the fact, okay. well, mm. the fact that if it was so permanent, would have it been undone or like cancelled out by him just eating like a slob, which oh. isn't the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I mean, she sort of goes from one extreme to the other. She's like, oh, George is great. You know, we're in a really good place because he, you know, he's blown me away emotionally. And then all of a sudden, just because he eats a bit of bread fast <laughs> and she looks at him and then that just, that's it. Like, that's the end of it. Yeah. Like, it, you don't see it happen. Mm. But you know, the implication is, is that that's it. Like she, she looks uh, at him. She's a bit disgusted. Mm. Jerry and Elaine look at each other and that's it. So George doing something very noble and very decent. Like if you weigh them against each other, like if I was looking for a partner and they did something that sort of uh, noble, that would mean a lot more to me. That wouldn't be cancelled out by them just eating like a bit of a slob once. But for her, because her standards are so high. And, and she's so she's, superficial as and well. Because she is quite vain. Mm. I think that that emotional, being emotionally overwhelmed was just like a temporary little, like almost like a little glitch. Right. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, fair enough. I thought that changed her. Like for me, I, It changed but, her, I think, but just for a few days. Just for a few days. It's like yeah, a temporary sure. change. <laughs> yep. You know, she's headed one way. She deviated a bit. But I think she would have come back. To, even if even if she didn't see George eat like a slob, mm. she would have come back to her normal. <laughs> she would have gone, hang on, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Sure that this guy did a nice thing, but he's still like short and balding. He doesn't have a job. Yeah, exactly. Know what I mean? I think, she, I think yeah. yeah, I think she would have come to her quote unquote senses. Uh, yeah. Sooner, like soon anyway. Mm. And we never see her again. No. Do you think Cynthia and Elaine were still friends? At yeah, least? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they seem pretty close. Mm, they, they, share, do, yeah. they share pretty personal uh, news and information with each other. Mm. And the fact that she's the first person she calls after her date. I mean, you know, she set them up, so it makes sense. But Elaine set them up. But yeah, I think that I think they're pretty close. They almost seem like sisterly in a way. Okay, yeah, that close, yeah. Um, yeah, if if you thought that you were pregnant, you wouldn't broadcast. You would only tell like your closest friends. Mm. These days with social media, you never know. <laughs> you probably put, some people put something on Instagram or Twitter or something. Yeah, maybe. Very vain people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's neither here nor there. But I, yeah. think, I think they are very close. But I wouldn't be surprised if their friendship was strained a bit after this. Yeah, I could imagine. Of, yeah, because of the poor decision with hooking George up with her. Yeah, I think mm. I think Cynthia would have thought less of Elaine for thinking. Well, hang on, like, why did they push this loser yeah. onto me? She yeah. knows my standards are high, and this is the best she's got. She, I think, she almost would have thought, well, if this is the sort of person that Elaine would spend time with and call a friend, 
that maybe Elaine's not worth my mm. time. You know, like yeah. maybe she would have lowered Elaine. You know how Kramer's like, you know, I put you up here, but you're like, uh, 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 down here. She would have almost done that. You know, yeah. like, oh, George one, is your friend. George yeah. is your friend. Ugh. Well, one thing I did notice very telling in the first scene with Cynthia and Elaine at the restaurant for the for the first time, you know how it interchanges from George and Jerry and then Cynthia and Elaine in the same scene. Cynthia, you know, she tells her requirements, so to speak, for a guy. Mm. And she says, is Jerry one of those people? So maybe she finds Jerry attractive as well, yeah. but maybe she's worried that Elaine dated Jerry and maybe she thinks, oh, maybe, you know, because Elaine and Jerry are friends and they were together. Maybe it'd be a bit awkward if I asked him a on a date, but maybe I'm trying, she's trying to find an excuse to maybe say, hey, do you reckon I could hook up with Jerry? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, no, that that's, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she does find him attractive and Jerry obviously knows Cynthia as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they know who they are. So they're not. Who's she? Who's she? She's Cynthia. He's George. <laughs> He's George. Yeah. I like how George, like Jerry's only backup compliment for George is that he can run really fast yeah. and he can lift 100, 100 pounds, pounds over, his, over his head. Not that he's like, not, not anything that would most people would find attractive, just yeah. that he can run fast and he's got strength yeah. in his arms. Strength like, in his arms. I know. It's, it's such a to, weird com- yeah. like, couple of compliments to like try and G him up. Yeah. And you can really see the real life Jerry Seinfeld was having so much fun yeah. with this episode. You can see him smiling a few times and yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Especially when Kramer busts in and tries to break up their yeah, fights. It's good. Yeah. You can tell he's trying to keep a straight face. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say about Cynthia is... I think she comes from, because she mentions her mother, and again, she's only joking, but I think it comes from a real place. I think she comes from quite a traditional, like, Italian-American family. Yes. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, based on her accent and, I guess, the way she looks, like her hair color and eyes and her skin color, I think she is Italian-American. Yeah. And, I mean, you would know, is Cynthia? It doesn't seem like an Italian Nah. Cynthia is more of, like, an Anglo name, I guess, yeah. probably an American or, you know, English name. Yeah. Some sort. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I not think, Italian. No. Yeah. Okay. But I think she... You know, the fact that when she's sort of voicing her concerns to Elaine about, you know, not finding a man and her life not being how she wants it to be relationship wise in the in those complaints is that, you know, her mother expects her to like find someone. Mm. She makes a joke. She's like, if I'm not married by the time I'm 40, I have to kill my mother. It's only fair. (laughs) And even though she's making light, (laughs) that's a good line. I think it comes from a serious place in that Mm. there is a family sort of traditional aspect of you need to find a, a like a respectable man who earns a lot of money or is like. A family man to sort of carry on the tradition that we've, mm. uh, you know, we've instilled into you. Yeah, but Elaine says that she's very like she's too quite young to worry about all this stuff. How old do you think Cynthia is? I reckon probably between twenty five and thirty uh, at the time. I'd say early thirties. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, all right. I'd say the same age as like Elaine and oh. Jerry, and they're all like you know thirty two, thirty three. Yeah, around the same. I thought maybe she was a bit younger yeah. because even Elaine says you you're too young to worry about this kind of stuff. Well, no, she way. says you're too young to be bitter. To be bitter, she yeah. She doesn't say you're too yes. young to worry. To be bitter, sorry, yes. yes yeah. Yes. yeah, and I okay. think that's true, yeah. like, in a certain sense. Like, when you're 33, mm. you know, most people aren't bitter yet. No, not yet. <laughs> like, I always associate bitterness, like, middle-aged people. Yeah, when you know, you're 33 being... and a half, then you become bitter. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you're like, yeah. fuck the world. That's one third of your life. Like, <laughs> that's oh, it. it's not worked out. I'm bitter. Third life crisis. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Yeah. Yeah, but I really like Cynthia. Yeah, I liked her too. Yeah, yeah she was a really good character. Um, I'd say one of the more memorable girlfriends especially in the early seasons yeah because season three like had a lot of very good episode girlfriends as yeah, well and but i think she was still like one of the more memorable ones from that period from mm. like the first 
you know, three seasons. Yeah. And I think it was because a whole episode was based around her. Mm-hmm. She was really the primary character in the show. Like, Essentially, it was mostly about her, really, yeah. and George, yeah. But it's good. Like, the fix-up and, and the Good Samaritan from last week, it really, I have more of an appreciation for season three now. Yeah. Yeah, like, it just shows that, like, season three, I used to be really dismissive of it and be like, yeah, it's okay. But after all these memorable episodes, you know, it's incredible. Yeah. Ones we've done in the very past and ones we've done recently, it just really establishes that season three is definitely one of the best seasons of Seinfeld. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say, so, I'd say yeah. it's my, like, top two or three favorite seasons. Probably number two for me, yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe maybe three, yeah, two or three. Definitely. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. That's all I had about Cynthia. Do you have anything more? No, that's all. But anyway, let's find out. Uh, does Cynthia make your top 20 secondary characters no. of all time? No? Okay. About you? No, no, but special mention to her. Yeah, no, she's really good. But the episode ranks very highly for me. Number seven. Oh, wow. Overall, after everything we've done out of 100 and... How many episodes? 119 episodes. I might as well read out my top 10. Yeah, while go I'm for here. it. So my top 10 episodes that we have reviewed so far are number 10, The Bizarro Jerry. Number nine, The Soup Nazi. Eight is The Puffy shirt seven like i mentioned is the fix up six the facility jerry five the opposite four the outing three the mango two the marine biologist and number one no contest the contest nice mm. this one uh, ranks at about number 40 40 for me cool yeah so in the top sort of third yeah i wouldn't say a an amazing episode but really solid yeah uh, really well written yeah. really tight yeah very entertaining like you mentioned too i just i just had such a ball watching it it yeah. was just great i don't know i just really enjoyed it yeah no you can tell they're really starting to experiment with like like you know in some of the later seasons there's experiments with like split screens and stuff like that Mm. is that kind of starting to go down that path but they're not there yet but you can still you can tell they're trying to dabble in a bit more like sort of weird storylines not weird storylines but weird like I don't know it just seemed a tiny bit more experimental D- different normal. kind of tropes yeah 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 no definitely and um, it was a really fun episode so. nice yeah it's good anyway that is probably our shortest episode ever I think I'd so say. yeah jeez crazy well next week we are going to season 7 and we got some more secondary characters next week we're talking about the Rye yeah and awesome the secondary episode. Characters. this is my pick your pick a gene pick <laughs> talk about Rusty the Horseman Maybe and uh, a few others. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so that was But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Like I mentioned at the start of the episode, send us an email, drop us a line on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All those details are in the show notes. You can support us financially through PayPal. And uh, just a reminder that on Saturday, we are releasing Curbcast. It is our Curb Your Enthusiasm episode by episode review. Uh, We are dropping episode two this Saturday, and uh, we're releasing the remaining episodes of our Curbcast season one uh, every Saturday. Yeah, weekly following uh, the Saturday. That's right, yes. So uh, it used to be a Patreon-only show, but uh, we decided to release it all to you, so why the hell not? So for the next nine weeks or so, you'll be getting two episodes of us talking about shit, about Seinfeld and Curb. Talking shit about shit. Yes, indeed. My name is Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And uh, we will see you next week for The Rye. I'll be on Rusty the Horse, taking him through New York City, and uh, he'll be eating some beefarino. I'll be eating the beefarino. (laughs) You're vegan, though. (laughs) Uh, There might be some vegan beefarino. Oh, who knows? Beefarino. Beefarino. Beyond Arena. <laughs> Queef Arena. Oh, no. All right, we'll see you next week for the ride. Take care. <laughs> Rusty! <laughs> <laughs>